The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. It's the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network, 1500 AM. Also available on all your podcast platforms on Podcast One, uh, Federal Football Report. I'm Claude. He's Kevin. Uh, Kevin, we've got, you just said it, three weeks to go. And coming up this Sunday, December 15th, the Redskins 3-10 and 10 at home against the Philadelphia Eagles 6-7. and 7. Eagles still have playoff hopes. The Redskins playoff hopes uh, fell short after the loss last week. Kevin. Where do you want to start, man? Because here's the thing. We can start about the game, evaluating talent. We can start with, you know, just the ins and outs and what we saw. Or we can start looking ahead to next season. Uh, <laughs> I mean, because the truth <laughs> of the matter is, all things that happened this year, three more weeks and it's all over anyway. Um, or you can start looking ahead to, 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 to the draft. What, what's your preference? Well, I'm still taking it one game at a time. I know that my my slim playoff hopes were dashed last week. I mean, not doing fault of my own. If I had been coaching, we would have won. But um, you know, <laughs> let's start with with, with 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 where we are right now because you know, along with along with the still slow but shaky development of Dwayne Haskins, you had a you had a, a setback with the injury situation with Darius Geis, which right. you know it wasn't. I mean, it was a knee. It wasn't the same uh, the same injury as before. It was more of a sprain, which I don't really understand what a sprain is. I guess that's when the ligament goes left and it's supposed to go right, but there's no damage to the ligament. It's just and, and and wisely to shut him down. You know, why mm-hmm. why risk it? It doesn't play him to, to to. We see the guy can play. We see right. he can play. And uh, I mean, some people have labeled him uh, uh, injury prone. It's just a um, matter of uh, circumstance to me because, I mean, if he was just walking down the street, he wouldn't have got hurt. <laughs> he's, playing, <laughs> he's playing a violent game, right, you know, so uh-huh. you know, this, you know, so that's, that's we got that, I think we're solid in the running back uh, department, and the running game is still seeming to be coming along. I think that the culture is where we've heard so much lately, is still changing, and the attitudes of the offensive line is changing. I think, I think the team is getting better, they're more disciplined, less penalties, um, still got a ways to go, though, you know. So I, I think that we can look at the Green Bay game because this is a game that they could have won. <laughs> they, right. They legitimately right. could have won this game, right? You know, they sacked Aaron Rodgers six times. I just I just think that, that there has to be some changes made, and I think that I think that it's going to come to a situation where they tell Callahan, okay, you're going to have to change some stuff. You get to name your staff. I'm just hoping that he and the present staff aren't, so close that he can't that he can't um uh just let him go yeah well let's talk about the present staff like so what have you been noticing and what have you been seeing that makes you want to or makes you believe that the answer even if keeping callahan would be to let go of some of the staff well the first thing on offense is really easy for me because i yell at the tv and those neighbors <laughs> probably have been complaining every time they come out on third and two and they're in the shotgun mm-hmm. that that you you eliminate one of your possibilities because if it's a run, it's one of those shotgun runs that start out going sideways and not getting any yardage right. It, it seems like if you had a philosophy, that if, even though it was a 
Chance you were going to run, you wouldn't be in a shotgun. You'd be in a jumbo package, two tight ends, right? Something, maybe a fullback and an eye offset, eye or something, something that at least gives the indication that, that you're going to run. Even if you have no intent on running, which apparently <laughs> Kevin O'Connell doesn't, right? You know, the third and two is a short yardage down. That's like, that's, that's goal line. <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right, right, one, of, right. one of the, one of the uh, hallmark uh, symbols of the NFL, the Super Bowl, is John Riggins. Fourth and one, forty-four yard run, right? You know, mm-hmm. what if it been fourth and one and they came on the shotgun? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, right? That was the right. change across the history. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, yeah, right. So that's what offense. That's, that's why I, I definitely has to be changed in philosophy. They have to get tougher. They've been trying to out cute people, out trick people, and stuff. They have to be able to beat people one on one. After you beat them one on one, you can do like the Patriots do, rather than throw a uh, receivers throwing touchdown passes, right, and option mm-hmm. plays and all that, right. After you're able to whip somebody one on one, but if you can't, another trickery is going to work. Now on defense, we got to get rid of we got to get rid of Manuski, and we got to get rid of the scheme because they're getting hurt on the edges. They're they're depending. Let me a prime example. I think I tweeted this at one point. I was watching um, Kansas City play New England last, I believe it was last Sunday night, the Sunday evening game, um, and there was a situation. New England, Kansas City was leading. New England was coming back, but it was fourth and eight somewhere deep in Kansas City territory. The ball was snapped. Kansas City sent everybody after Brady. Mm-hmm. He had the rush to pass, and he missed on a touchdown pass for about six inches, right? There was a situation in the in the Burgundy and Gold game when the Skins had scored, and they were down by maybe a touchdown. And, and Rodgers got sacked. It was a penalty. Anyway, it was third and, like, 18. Mm-hmm. Washington rushes three guys. Yeah, yeah, right. And Rogers just stood there, right? You know, walking around all day. And by the way, especially when you deal with a guy like Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if there's anybody better or anyone who's ever been better at like scrambling inside the pocket. If that makes any sense, like moving around and adjusting where he is in the pocket without leaving the pocket in order to extend the play. I mean, he's great at it. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't have to do that, right? He he didn't have to use all his skills. Because they just gave them too much time. They, they rushed three guys who, by the way, if you're rushing three against five, every once in a while there will be a, a miscommunication in the offense. You might get one. But I think there might have been, even been a sack rushing three. But you rushing three against five, you wear your own team out. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect the guys to provide a constant pass rush. And, and so those are prime examples. Oh, by the way, if you can see, they they made the first down, by the way, if any of y'all didn't see it, because a lot of people turned it off the game, right? Yeah, it's third and 18. They made, they, made, uh, they made the first down, right? So that philosophy has to change. It has to, third and 18 has to be a problem for the, uh, for the opposing team. Right. And there's no problem right now. So, yeah, those two changes... Well, I guess those are two pretty major changes. Huh? The offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> so you keep the coach. <laughs> I was going to say, so with those changes, you're fine with Callahan remaining the head coach? Yes, I am. Okay. Yes, I am. And for what reasons? Like the, things, the things that I like about him are the things that most people don't seem to like. I like his his uh, commitment to the run. Mm-hmm. And I like his his long, worthy, in detail answers when they ask him a question in the press con- a question in the press conference. Okay, that that seems to be the, the point of ridicule around here for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Callahan took two minutes to answer the question. Well, what about the answer? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, didn't you question. ask a question? Don't you want the answer? Yeah. Here's the thing about Callahan, and and, and, I, and I see it your way on this is is that I don't think it is wise for the team to to bring in a coach 
who has to learn what it means to be an NFL coach, if that makes any sense, right? An NFL head coach. Right, exactly. you, know, you don't need to bring in someone who, yeah, he's a great offensive mind, he's an offensive guru or young and up and coming, but has never been a head coach before because there's a lot of just – there's a lot of professionalism that has to come to this team. There's a lot of development that has to happen with a lot of young players. And the last thing you need to do is to have a coach in charge of that who needs to be developed himself. Callahan has That's done right. this. Callahan has been there. Callahan is old school. He knows what has to And so I think that having that type of presence in the locker room for the players to look up to would benefit a team with young players. Now, here's the thing. In the long-term uh, uh, plan of the organization I'm not saying he needs to be here for six years maybe he's a two year three year gap guy who gets guys yep, yep. grown up who raises them into football and understand what it means to be a professional and to be a professional football player and then he gets them as far as he can get them get them and then you bring in someone who can take them over the top but right now the last thing Dwayne Haskins need, needs the last thing Eric Flowers needs the last thing uh, 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 Terry McLaurin needs is a guy to come in and try to figure things out. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where we are right now. And I've heard, I've heard like the boomer mill, like everyone else. Is. First of all, I, I think by my point that there aren't going to be any changes in the front office. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see nothing to indicate that. Like you know, maybe you know, maybe I'm wrong, but just because some guys on Twitter say so, and just because some fans write a petition on Twitter. You know, I, I did a little research this morning. The red, uh, the red and gold, I believe, are the sixth highest valued team um, in the NFL. Dallas, number one, I think, are like six point six billion. And Washington is like six. And they're not far behind it. They're, like, they're, all, they're right around four billion dollars. Mm-hmm. What does this owner care that somebody on Twitter is writing a petition? Right. What, what, I mean, what is he going to make? I mean, he's going to go from four point one to four point three. Right, you know, right, I'm sure he'd right. like to do that, but no, 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 no. It's not. This is not what's happening here. So um, I'm thinking that that this might be like Bruce Allen's last survival. If he has to, he has to make the right choice, and and there's going to be some guys around here who want to make a want to make a dollar. You know, I right. understand. Like, <laughs> like you said, that there's going to be a lot of vacancies this year in coaching. I mean, Dallas probably is going to change their coach. Uh, the Panthers have already fired their coach. Uh, probably uh, the Giants, probably head coaching position is in doubt. Um, you know, I guess they'll give Kingsbury a year in, uh, in uh, Arizona already and get a previous coach a good year, <laughs> you know. So so it's not like people are, are, are being down the door to uh, rush to this organization. But I think that, you know, someone who loves the game, loves like he sees what, Callahan is putting together here, and and the discipline and stuff that is being put put uh, put in place. This this could turn out to be a, a checkbook. It's nothing else but for the money. For a couple of million a year, I can put up with a little nonsense. Hey, I put up with nonsense now. I don't make nearly that much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's you know? funny. No, you're absolutely yeah. right. You are absolutely right, one hundred percent. Now, here's the funny thing about the game itself is that. Given the state of the team this season, and given how the Packers have been playing this season, I actually wasn't that disappointed in a twenty to fifteen loss. I mean, you always want to win, but it's like, okay, they you know went to Green Bay, they hung with the Packers, and they had a chance to win at the end. Yeah, I was excited about that. I, I, you know, the the I mean, they got gashed in the run game by by some guy who you know I don't know. 
um, where he came from or how long he's been playing football. Mm-hmm. Look at Josh, but I, I, I tweeted before the season started. I said, we can go back and look at, at uh, Sanford Kevin that they were going to have problems on the edge uh, on defense from the run game because of the way they aligned. They aligned themselves, right? All this, even this, this Ryan Kerrigan and uh, whoever happens to be playing on the opposite side, maybe Ryan Anderson or whoever, the way they have them aligned, it's too easy to pick them off. It's just right. too easy to isolate them. And where the strength is in the middle with uh, Ioannidis uh, and Payne and, um, and Jonathan Allen, you can just run away from them. Right. <laughs> you know? right. And it's just, it's just too easy, right? So um, I, I think that's what, that's what hurts more. I mean, you know, if, if they, you got the talent on this team. You, you got the talent. But we don't have the ability. You don't have people smart enough to coach, coach the offense and defense. It's just, I'm not saying they're not smart people. They're not smart enough to do what has to be done. Well, let's talk about what seemed to be ridiculous, not smart, not what has to be done. Is the week before we saw a really good defensive performance from some guys who seemingly were just picked up off the street and, and came in and played hungry. I didn't see them much this last game. What was going on with that kind of with that personnel decision and not playing these guys who showed up for you big last week? Well, um, and I forget the name because I only heard them one time, but I do know that Odom was, was one of the linebackers that mm-hmm. they had activated the week before. He was inactive for this game. Ridiculous. And that's how they rewarded him for Ridiculous. having a good game. Ridiculous. It made him inactive. <laughs> that's how you find somebody who's good and who does the thing well that you're trying to have done, and you don't, you don't use them. Right. I, I have no explanation for that. None. Makes no sense. Yeah, I have no, I have no clue why they didn't play him. I have no clue why he didn't see more snaps. Uh, again, especially coming off a week like he had the week prior, he did really, really well. And, uh, and, 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 and I mean, you know, and was interestingly enough. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan didn't play, and you saw a spark there on the defense from that position that you hadn't seen in a while. Now, again, we talked about this a lot on the Federal Football Report that I don't want to blame Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, he does what he can do. He's playing out of position. Um, he shouldn't right, be, right, right. you know, a, a, an outside, you know, linebacker or rush in in a three four. That's not what he does. But n- nonetheless, um, you know, we saw production go up at that position with a different with different personnel. What is it with this whole keep people inactive? Who actually produces? Well, you know, you have to wonder who is making that call because I don't think that's a that's a call. I I. I can't see uh, Callie. That's what I'm technically for. I can't see Callie making that call because you reward people who produce, right? Apparently, you, <laughs> you reward people who practice. You reward people who produce, and and I just do not see the purpose in it. Now, there's all kinds of rumors going around that uh, Josh Norman has this clause in his contract that as long as he's active, he gets X number of dollars a game. You know what, but the problem with that is Josh Norman's making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Millions. And I can't see, unless it's his representation, you know, it's not always the, the athlete that, that is making these demands, it's the representation, unless <clears throat> unless the representation is making all kinds of outrageous demands. I can't see Josh caring one way or another. You know, I, I, you know, I, I, he's never struck me as the type of person that says, you know, as long as I get paid, I'm all right. You know, it seems right. like he, he liked the game. It just doesn't seem like he could play it right. <laughs> as well as he used to, right? But, but, but those, 
those decisions, if they're being made for anything other than football reasons, mm-hmm. that's what that's what got Jay Gruden out of here. You know, he started making decisions that were like that were not for football reasons. Like even going back to the bitching of RG three, that was personal. It wasn't a football right. reason. The thing right. with Adrian Peterson, that was personal. It wasn't a football reason, right? So, um, you, you know, who who knows? But I think that this team has. I mean, it's done it in the past. They got the capability of rising above that, right. above it. If, if they just take the shackles off of them and let them play, mm-hmm. really do. Wow. Well, there you go. It's the Federal Football Report on Federal News Network, 1500 AM. Uh, the website, federalnewsnetwork.com. But then also you can go to Podcast One, search Golf DMV. You can download the podcast. We want you to subscribe, though. Don't just go and find it and listen. Subscribe. That way you get every single episode the moment that one is released. We've got three more weeks. And the Redskins, I believe, uh, close out against all NFC East opponents. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about this NFC East and when we visit um, uh, the Redskins specifically uh, as we do this, but you've got the Cow- we've got the Cowboys and the Eagles. Neither one seem to want to win the division or even be good enough to win a division. Uh, and then you've got the Redskins and the Giants are at the bottom. When you look at the NFC East, a once proud division, Kevin, what do you think when you see the division struggling this way? Because I still have acceptance issues or maybe I'm in denial. I, I tend to tell myself that the division is still good uh, they just got a couple of bad breaks with some of the better teams in it. And maybe I'm starting to think, I might be into now, maybe the, the East is, is not as good. No, it's not. It's just not as good. And and, and it's kind of baffling. I know why our team isn't as good. I, I know that the Giants, I guess, they're, they're going um, through a rebuild. I know teams don't want to say that, but you have to, you have to reload at some point because, uh, you know, with Saquon being hurt the way he did, mm-hmm. and so much of the offense building around him, and and uh, the team deciding to go back to Eli Manning and and getting rid of uh, of their best player uh, and, and uh, Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. you know what is it? And then the defense is just not the thing that made the Giants the Giants over the years was the defense, right? And it's just not happening. It's just not happening uh, right now. It's, it's, you know, you used to be thinking about playing in New York. There was a certain type of project. They would always play you hard, no matter But it's just not, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. You know, not, you know I don't have my sources intact, in but it's, it's just not happening there. And, and um, the same with Philadelphia, right? You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've um, proven that they could do it. They, they, they've been there. They won it all, you know. But, but it seems not, like internally. Not with, the not with the quarterback they currently have. That's true. That's true, and you hear you hear rumors that he he's not very well liked on this team. Well, you know what? A lot of those guys aren't liked. <laughs> you yeah. know, you gonna tell me that everybody in the Patriots loves Tom Brady? He comes and has these tirades on the sideline, yelling at folks. People you care know, too much about like. Yeah, people care too but, much about like, and like means too much to people. Yeah. Like is overrated. <laughs> I'm you know, like, just pay me. You have to like me. Just say block for me. You don't have to like me. You know, right. But um, but yeah, because. That 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 comes with that winning as a way of fixing all this stuff, right? So, but it is I guess it's for like the stock market. It was cyclical, right? You know, <laughs> so right, right. I mean, you know, the, the, the two times in the past when the Buccaneers only made the playoffs, they made it with a nine and seven record. One of which, uh, I think, both of which won the division mm-hmm. at the time, right? So yeah, they go up and down. So, but so this is the time to get better. This, this is the time to get better and. And 
haven't mean something to you. Haven't, you know, making games. That's why the NFL did this thing about making all the division games late in the season, right? So the games would be meaningful, even if they didn't have uh, playoff implications, right? Mm-hmm. Which these things do. We can still, we can control somebody's destiny, right? If whatever it takes to motivate you as an athlete, you got to take advantage of it. And it's up to the coach to, to, to show that, right? If it's just a matter of, you can't be telling them they're playing for their jobs, right? Because they're still getting paid. But if it's just something to, to, to motivate them to say, you have to win because of this, right? You know, mm-hmm. and don't let, you know, say, yeah, we're losing. We got a horrible record. But we got to change how to think. We got to make a name known for ourselves. These are our rivals. Right. This is what the game is all about, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so let's, let's see if they got that done. But, but this is, the NFC East is right for the picking. Well, right the thing the is, is that, so like you said, be known. It, like you said, you know, while the Redskins' playoff hopes aren't, you know, uh, are, are dashed this season, they're playing two of the last three. Well, th- their last three games are against division opponents, and two of the right. last three division opponents have a shot at making the playoffs. And you can right. dim those hopes of a d- division opponents. And by the way, listen, I get it. Sometimes we, we as fans and 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 journalists and commentators we look at the season and we evaluate the whole thing with every single game and yes they're eliminated from the playoffs but there's not one player on this team that wants to go out Sunday and lose I'm assuming they right. still want to win it doesn't matter whether it's going to end the season ends in the playoff or not and so yeah go out there do what you have to do and try to get a win that's right that's right because they got to go home and face their wives and kids yeah. <laughs> let's go home as a winner right you know, nobody wants to go home and face you know, the, the mom calls and says, what was the game like? We lost 42 to 10. Nobody wants to do all that. Right? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Our friend Doc Walker used to say when they, in the back of their head, that Joe Gibbs would award a T-shirt to the one who had the best week of practice. Now, these guys are making millions of dollars a year. But he, he, he offered them a $10 T-shirt mm-hmm. for the one who won. And they would knock themselves out trying to win this T-shirt. Right? You wow. know? And it wasn't, it wasn't like the life, it was the principle. They were right. being recognized for their accomplishment in front of their peers, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, so like I said, if if you know, you would think that they would get up for themselves because it's a divisional game or just a professional pride or whatever. But no, whatever it takes for somebody that's part of being the head coach, like you said. It's not figuring it's is not figuring it out as you go along. Is having a plan, knowing how to motivate people, and pretty much making them run through a brick wall for you. Exactly. <laughs> That's it's the Federal Football Report, Federal News Network, uh, and uh, fifteen hundred AM, and you can uh, hear it on all your regular podcast platforms. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're twenty two minutes into the show, and it's time to transition to your favorite uh, 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 segment, America fake news or not. And this will be an impeachment version of fake news or not, <laughs> given the, uh, the current political climate. Uh, and so let's let's hit it. Statement number one. Again, three statements. Kevin lets me know whether it's fake news or not. It is the impeachment version. Um, uh, with another uh, knee injury, another injury, we need to be concerned about Darius Geis, and it's possible he'll need to be impeached uh, and convicted and thrown out of office and get another running back <laughs> in here. Is that fake news or not? Are we concerned about his long-term health? Um, that's news. That's news. I am not okay. quite ready to uh, to hold the vote on throwing him out of office yet because I still um, – there, there's uh, mitigating circumstances here. There was the collusion with the medical staff. Right. That, you know, <laughs> you know and, and also, you know, you got, you got the um, – 
you got the training interference, the trainers interference into the system, right? Because uh-huh. I'm not, you know, that thing hasn't gone away from me. That whole thing with Trent Williams that's a, and the medical staff, they're still there. And I heard a professional athlete say that maybe the, the training method is what's wrong because nowadays you got so many of the, of the machines and the, the technical aspects mm-hmm. of training. And it's getting away from the old-fashioned dead weights. Right. And he said that dead weights, when you use a machine, it's a, it's a specified path the machine takes. Mm-hmm. It goes in a straight line to ever you know, accomplish the task that it has to, like if it's to the side, you know, to at an angle, but it's a straight angle. When you're dealing with dead weights, you're dealing with the weights and gravity. You don't pick them up exactly the same way each time, and it makes your body stronger, right? Because it's, it has to prepare for any eventuality, right? That makes and sense. And he suggested that these guys start going to dead weights as, as opposed to the the, the the mechanical training and stuff. So, um, you know, the evidence is, is, is hard against Brother Darius. He has, you know, he's doing his best. So, but I'm not ready yet. I would, you know, I'll, I'll look at, um, you know, who's on the roster. That was, and that was the strangest thing because for the longest time, uh, we had a coach who just didn't care about running backs. Right. He'd just get yeah. a couple. He, you know, he got a, you know, Samaj P. Ryan was on the roster for the longest time, and and see, I think a uh, fat Rob, right? You know, who well, I'm sure out of the league right now, they couldn't they couldn't play for anybody else. Must let be a starting running back. So yeah. now that we have an organization that seems like they're valuing that a little more, I think that um, that you know, uh, brother Jack's better, like you know, step up his uh, his uh, rehab program and and save his money because he's just one hit away from from being a commentator. Wow. And, and, and are you excited about the kid Bryce Love from a formerly a Stanford first round draft pick got hurt? Uh, he hadn't played all season. It won't play till next year. Are you excited about him and, and seeing what he's got next year? Yeah, for the caveat, the caveat being he still has the same training staff and medical staff mm-hmm. that, uh, that uh, various guys do. There was maybe if he gets away from you, go back to Stanford. You know, pretty smart people at Stanford. I almost went to Stanford, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. Yeah, so maybe he goes home and, and get some rehab, get some home cooking for a while, and you know, and get away from these mandatory mini camps or oh, the, the voluntary. They call them OTAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the league changed the name to organized team activities, but originally they were called optional team activities. Right. But, you know, so um, yeah, don't you know the training staff? It, it makes everything sort of like news, right? Because it's you just don't know. You've heard bad things about it, and you haven't heard a whole lot of good things about it. So we'll see. Yeah, no. Coach Callahan says. Exactly, exactly. Fake news and not statement number two. There needs to be a congressional impeachment inquiry into the current status of Trent Williams and, and and what this team plans to do with him. And it seems like he'll be impeached and traded away from the team. I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's news. Okay. I think that. That, uh, like we said earlier, whatever the situation is um, with Trent is not based on football decisions. <laughs> it's not because if you had a chance to um, to get a draft pick from, for Trent, I think that um, you should have taken it because you know Trent's getting a little older, right? You know, um, you know. So, and if you know, I remember correctly, Trent, Trent hasn't had a season where he's been one hundred percent fully healthy in a while, correct? All 16 games? Yeah, you know, and that's wild because a, a, a 75% Trent Williams is better than a, a 95% uh, whatever he got playing the left tackle right now. That's, that's, he's, that every once in a while you get a special athlete at his position. Most of the time, I'm, I think, 
if your second string guy isn't good enough to step up, he shouldn't be on the team. Right. You yeah, find a guy who is, right? If right. it's that big so of a drop-off between one guys. and two, you need to start looking at number two. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, uh, yes, yeah, so something needs to be something needs to be done, something needs to be said. Unfortunately, most of these teams have so much of the media in their pockets. Uh, the only news is what they choose to release. And a lot of times you can't believe that. Remember, I mean, there was a report that came out. Uh, uh, one of the named NFL pundits came out and said that Trent was uh, traded to the Browns or something like that for a first-round pick. And I think one of the guys in local radio reported it, mm-hmm. and no one, no one confirmed it. Right. And they said, "Yeah, I'm standing by a story." And it turned out it wasn't true. That just goes <laughs> away, right? It just goes away. Nobody, you know, they, they don't care. The way the way the local reporting is, the team only allows you to give us so close, and the right. rest of it is what's fed to you. Right? You know, it, 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 you know, the guys don't, just can't get in there and dig and get facts like like they used to, right? So, I, someone needs to. Someone, an established guy, needs to get in there and make it that make that his goal, right? You know, to to see what what's happening, right? They weren't, but most of the people seem so busy concerning themselves with Dwayne Haskins taking selfies, and <laughs> and, 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 and 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 you know, there's guys Instagram account. They're writing like that. That's mm-hmm. what's happening. But the real story is, so you know, if I had the resources, I'm not saying I don't. But if I did. I, I have to apply some of them towards this, and and who knows, right? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. Maybe I got them and just haven't used them yet. But yes, that's that's definitely new. Something has to happen there. Somebody has to get impeached because of the Trent Williams situation. All right, so we've got three new stories here. On, I mean, two new stories here on fake news and not time now that's for right. statement number three on fake news and not final segment. When you look at this uh, 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 impeachment inquiry going into the defense uh, and personnel, uh, particularly, uh, you've probably seen your last season with Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Norman as Washington Redskins. Fake news or not? I would say that that's fake news. I'd say that's oh. half fake news. I think. I think. Norman uh, is gone. He's already checked out mentally. Um, there's going to be a hit. I mean, if you're looking at the numbers, there'll be some type of the way they've structured his contract. There's going to be a, a salary hit. But you know what? That's too bad. <laughs> Just take, <laughs> take the hit and move on. Find out. You had, and we're going to have to talk a little bit about the Nationals, what's happening over there. The yes, you know, but, yes. but yeah, let's take, the, uh, let's take the hit and move on. Kerrigan, I give him one more year. I'd like to see what Kerrigan would do under a regime that could appreciate his skill set mm-hmm. and allow him to operate under the skill set that, that, that maximizes his ability. I would love to see that. Well, and maybe the best way to see that is for them to let him go and him to go to like Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to see that. I remember at, at, um, at one point, uh, was it, um, yes, it was the Kansas City, it was the Kansas City New England game. I um I tweeted at the end of the game there was an interception and um Rashad Breeland picked it off and solidified the game, right? And mm-hmm. I said, Breeland picks it off. Washington wins wait a minute, it's not right anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's right. He doesn't play for Yeah, he doesn't uh, play for anymore. Uh, yeah, how about Kendall Fuller? No. At one point yeah, that there was a, I watched the game earlier this year where it was a Hail Mary at the end of the game and Kendall Fuller and Rashad Breeland broke broke the pass up. Mm-hmm. I said that this is just not seem right. It might have been some quick cousins. <laughs> it could have been. Who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, I, I think that's 50% news, 50% fake news. I, I, uh, Norman definitely um, 
uh, news is gone. Kerrigan, maybe that's hopeful that it's fake news. You know, I'm trying to keep hope alive. You know, this political season, I'm trying to keep hope alive. But keeping hope alive yeah. in this political season, but also in this uh, holiday season. Uh, we'll talk about some holiday stuff coming up a little bit later. It's the Federal Football Report, Federal News Network, 1500 AM Podcast One on all your uh, podcast platforms. Uh, be sure to share the link and subscribe uh, yourself, actually. Um, so you talked about the Nats. Let's go ahead and talk about the Washington Nationals offseason, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, so Steven Strasburg, uh, stays in that um uh, anthony rendon uh, goes to the angels uh, what are your because you spend time covering this team during the baseball season talk a little bit about what you think about these moves yeah first of all i want to say about these two players that you have seen uh, an athlete grow before your very eyes in steven Strasburg. Mm-hmm. you saw him where at one point he was so fragile that everything had to be just right for him his body had to feel just right. The situation had to be just right. And someone like uh, gave him an error in the outfield, just blew his whole his whole uh, middle capacities away. And right. you've seen him go from that. It was so bad that there's a local sports columnist, TV star, that, that referred to him as the Orchid. Mm. <laughs> 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 I don't remember his name. His name ran with rhymes with a uh, Pony Tornheiser, right? Right. But he called, <laughs> called him the Orchid. But you saw. In the past couple of years, that you know, when it comes to crunch time, he he wants the ball. Remember, in the, in the what the, a lot of people claim was the end of Dusty Baker was that situation where he was supposed to start one game, mm-hmm. and he, he went to Dusty and said, "Well, I don't feel good." Right. And Dusty said, "All right, <laughs> no, you don't feel good. Okay, well, we will scratch you. Go sit down." But I guess Rizzo got involved, and and uh, Stephen ended up pitching and pitched like a three hit uh, shutout or something, mm-hmm. right? Yep. But. But uh, that was a that was a, the end of Dusty Baker. But now that's a different guy. Now we've seen him maybe marry. I saw him as and his kids uh, as he was accepting the MVP. So you know I'm happy for him. He deserves. He he. What can you do when you perform like that on the biggest stage for the biggest prize in the game? You gotta reward the guy. Right. 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 Which. And- Mm-hmm. Yeah, which leaves me. If you have a question, you better ask it out. I'm a, I'm a uh, vent on the Rendon situation. Oh no, so. I was going to say, I was going to say, yeah. which is exactly what they did. They paid the man. So go right ahead on the Rendon situation. Okay, and that's exactly the opposite of what they did with Rendon. Right. First of all, they came well, didn't Rizzo with say they didn't they, they weren't going to be able to pay both of them? Do you think that that was BS that they can pay both of them? Look, I don't know how familiar you are with the area, but if you drive anywhere around Nass Park, mm-hmm. you look at those buildings, those new buildings, all the new construction, there's a name on all those buildings that construction. It says Learner. You drive through Tyson's Corner, and Tyson's has doubled in the past 10 years in size and construction and building. Those buildings say Learner. The Learners own all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the city built the stadium for them. For them to cry, we don't have the we're money. not going to be able to <laughs> afford it. That's garbage, man, because, number one, there's a luxury tax in baseball. You can go over it. It's not like a hard cap like like um, like football. You can go over it. You just have to pay more. Right, right, <laughs> That's right. right. And, and, and the money that they're going to recoup from that in all the World Series of merchandising and television rights and all that, they got more money. Sure. And for them, yeah, if, if I'm Rendon, you played just a great season. You were, uh, like, running up for the MVP of the game. I mean, not not just the World Series or the playoffs of the whole year. Right. You were running up yeah. for MVP of the league. Okay, not only that, your team won won it all. Won the World. Not only that, you were instrumental 
in your team's success. Right. The world knows it because it was broadcast over the world. Yep. The worst thing that they could do after all that was over was go to Rendon and mention the word negotiate. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, There is nothing yeah. to negotiate. Your position speaks for itself. It's right there. Everybody knows it. And for you to come out and say, well, we're not going to afford to pay you, can't afford to pay you both. They tried to pick the two teammates against one another. Yeah, and and make it seem like well, we can't bring both of them back, and then and then yeah, put them against one another. That's not wise, right? And now you got people out here saying the same thing. Well, you couldn't bring both of them. Sure, they could. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure you know what you're right. It would just cost them. How much do you want it? How much is it going to cost you? Right. Ah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. There's other line. I mean, I don't be so skeptical as to think that it was because the man's last name was Rendon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as opposed to Salzburg, you know, I don't right. think people will still do that. You don't think they still do that in this day and age? Do you? I wouldn't but assume so. Why would they do reason. that? You know, <laughs> why would you do that to your team? Right. And then they say, okay, well, we're just going to have to find somebody who's not as good. When the reason that you won was because of these guys, these two people. I thought right. you'd ask the other team and play. You take a hundred thousand dollar a year pay cut so I can pay these guys. They say, sure. You had just got your team to the point where it needed to be that because it wasn't just the talent, it was the team that, that pulled itself up, right? The team played as one. And you could tell from, like, the, the visit to the White House and, and, and Suzuki and Zimmerman that these guys weren't, they're not all, like, locked up politically and mm-hmm. think the same way, mm-hmm. but they all played as one. They played as a team. You achieved what everybody else was trying to do, right? you know? You know, the under the one, the, the dream, and you do this to your team. So we can't pay you. You know, it work. They say it can't, and they say negotiate. And then you saw how fast it was after the first day that they went on left. <laughs> right. When they said that, they said, okay, they probably had the meeting and said, well, let's start here. Nope. No, okay. See you later. Bye. And it seemed like and a lot of that had to do with how passionately the Yankees, well, the Angels uh, and Yankees were following Cole Hamels. And once he signed with the Yankees, it seemed like the Angels were like, all right, well, let's go after our guy, you know, Rendon, because we can't get starting pitching. Right, right. Absolutely, absolutely. They had to do something. They were ready to make a splash. And, when, and they, they made a pretty big splash. Mm-hmm. They, they, they made, I mean, Mike Trout and, and, and uh, Anthony Rendon in the lineup together, that's going to be something, I, you know. And, and who, I don't know anything about the Angels. I don't know what the farm system is like. I know that that uh, Mike Trout has been like a, a fan favorite for years. Uh-huh. Radon now has, is gaining in popularity. Uh, I mean, he, he did he did what he was supposed to do in the biggest stage. He was a pick by you the know, Nationals but, in 2011. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came in. Did he come in with Straw? Uh, I'm not sure if that's the I'm same year, sure. but yeah. I'm pretty sure he came in the same year as Straw. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and there is so, an argument uh, as to which one you think would fit the team better, like which one gives them the best shot to win. Yeah, and you know you look at the fact that Strauss only plays what like maybe thirty thirty five games a year. Exactly, uh, which I think maybe, makes his contract yeah, yeah, break yeah. down to about two million dollars a game is what he pretty much gets paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, and and like I said, and the fact that. They, that they made it, they made it seem like their position was an either or, and that wasn't that wasn't Mike Rizzo that said that. That was the learners. That was uh, the representative from the, the learners themselves. 
Well, let me tell you something about the learners in case you don't, don't know this. Like, there's two learners. There's daddy learner and there's son learner. Mm-hmm. I know his son's name is Mark. I don't know what big daddy's name is. When back in the, <laughs> 2010, the son, Mark, I think he was 55, 56 years old, something like that. He used to dress up in a full Nationals uniform and go out to batting practice and catch fly balls. That's nuts. A grown man, 60 mm-hmm. years old. The reason I know this is because he missed one one day and it hit him in the nose. <laughs> yeah. So you're dealing with an organization. This is a fact. You all can look that up. You know, you know, don't believe everything except you hear on, on podcast one, but mm-hmm. except for me. Yeah. This is the type of deal, dudes you deal with right there, right? You know, so, um, you know, I just wish, uh, I wish Rendon all the best. I wish Strasburg all the best, right? And I'm really appreciative of what he did for the city sure. and, and for the game because he, the, the, again, the biggest stage he performed, there was some stat that showed all his RBIs during the World Series and during the playoffs, and like 70% came, uh, came like from the seventh inning through the ninth inning, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? In crunch time during the game. Yeah. The man couldn't have done any more. The man couldn't have done any more, and they did him like that. And I've, I've lost a tremendous amount of respect for the organization. I still love them and the whole town team, but they, they just played this one wrong from the fan perspective. Wow. Wow, but, there you have it, folks. The rant. From from Kevin. Now, question: Were you able to go to any of the World Series games? I did not. No, no, I was not able to go to the games. I was quite appreciative of Major League Baseball providing credentials that I can attend. The, the I could have gone to the games in L.A. <laughs> if right. I wanted to, but uh, uh, but I did. You know, attend the uh, the home the, the in the um, division series and National League division series and the National League champion series. And but when it came to a uh, World Series time, they informed me they said, "Look, we appreciate what you do for Federal Football Report and on Podcast One. We just don't have enough room for you, right, <laughs> you know? right, which right. is just as cool because they would have lost. I would be mad. Yeah, no, and they, <laughs> so they, they, lost, they lost all, all, all three games. home games. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah they <laughs> lost all three of them. And uh, yeah, this you know, you know, I, yeah now I'm saying I will be when the when the Los Angeles Angels come to town. Mm-hmm. I will be there because I want to see the the. Um, the welcome that that uh, Anthony Rendon gets. Now you know what they did to Bryce Harper. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. He, yeah. But I, I, I'm hoping the fans will be a little bit different here because because we remember. We know we absolutely remember. Well, the good thing is is that he didn't Rendon didn't take as long and didn't draw it out as long as Harper did. Where it felt like the Harper decision literally could have been made a month before it was made. He just yeah, purposely yeah. drug it out. You know, like you weren't thinking about coming back anyway. You could have just said, I'm going to try my luck out in free agency, see what happens. And that's what I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. Right, right, right. And and, and there, was, there was a lot of uh, publicly uh, uh, negotiating this thing, too, with, with, with Harper. It was a different circumstance. Uh, I don't mind me personally that he went to the Phillies. I was just so happy that he was gone. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and didn't have to worry about that, right? And then that that weight was lifted off, you know, out of the clubhouse, and um, you know, it's, it's not, it's just not going to be the same. Like you said, having seen Rendon come up as a rookie, having seen him growing up before, because he always was in the shadow of Harper, but always was a consistent uh, clutch player. He was always a good ball player, and he got better. He was like the, and not just for the bat, the the defense at third base, right? That was right. it was it was great. It was great. So best of Tony Two Bags, as they call him. And uh, wish you well. Come check us out. You know, next time you want to come on the show, you, you're more than welcome. 
Always <laughs> welcome. And those well wishes are courtesy of the Federal Football Report, 1500 AM, and uh, anywhere where your normal uh, podcast uh, can be downloaded and heard. Let's get back to football uh, in a second. I, I, I want to talk about, because every now and then, again, we do pop culture, we do movies and things like that. I had the opportunity uh, a week ago to go to the MGM uh, Grand uh, Hotel there in Fort Washington, right there on the National Harbor, and see yeah. Anita Baker in concert. Uh, wow. She is one of my favorite artists. Uh, I saw her once before at Wolf Trap, and it was amazing. Um, but my wife got two tickets for my birthday to go see Anita Baker. My birthday, early November. The concert was late November. No, the concert, actually, we went on the, the Monday night show, so it was December 1st. Um, mm-hmm. But... Again, Anita Baker put on a great show. She still has the pipes. Uh, she was very entertaining. I mean, just up and down the stage and vocals all over the place. She paid tribute to all of her contemporaries like Patti LaBelle mm-hmm. and Shaka Khan. I don't know if Shaka is like, actually one of her contemporaries. She might actually be a little, I mean, I'm not May. She is younger than those uh, ladies, but yeah. it feels like a contemporary yeah. of them, and even pay tribute right. to the younger generation coming up after her and, and some of the young ladies she likes to hear saying. Um, but she put on a great show. She the, the only disappointment for me was she there was a few songs she didn't do. Most notably, she didn't do you uh, you bring me joy. Now, when I saw her at the um, uh, uh, gosh, not wolf, uh, yeah, wolf trap. She did it. She did it last, which was mm-hmm. odd to me. It's such a vocally challenging song. I'm not sure why she would choose to do it last. Uh, but I just knew she was going to bring it out before the end of the concert, and she didn't bring it out. And I'm like, wait a minute. You can't leave without singing You Bring Me Joy. And that's exactly what she did. But I guess when you're her, you do whatever you want to do. That's right. That's right. You should have yelled and made it. Just, you know, embarrass it. Yeah. Bring me joy. <laughs> now, now, are you an Anita Baker fan? I, I, you know what? I like her. I, mean, I, I don't know if I paid to go see her, but um, she came along, like you said, with those contemporaries, and it was it was it was hard for her to stand up to. A, I'm a big Patti LaBelle fan, for instance. Okay. And uh, and Chaka, I like I like Chaka's earlier stuff, like with Rufus and stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was hard. She just and then you know the same generation you talk about Phyllis Hyman, Angela Bofield. Yeah. There, was, there was a lot happening for a female vocalist of the music scene. So yeah. she was in there. And then, and, and then even as she was there and getting her groove, there was another generation coming up where you had Whitney Houston, who was like, wait, wait whoa, this voice. Yeah. And so she was caught in kind of a weird, in a weird era where, you know, she was really, 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 really good. Uh, but it was easy to sleep on her because of everything else that was happening. Else, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's there wasn't true. one Absolutely song true. she sung that wasn't great. And I'm just listening like, so here's how I rate, you know, cause people have their top 10, their top list of everything. Right. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. And so here's how I rank my top artists or my top singers, my top performers is how many songs do you sing or written that I like? That, I mean, that's like, I don't do it on talent <laughs> on who I think is the best vocalist or what. No, no, no. I do it on how many songs that you have that I like. And right, she's, right, right. she's at the top because she has a ton of songs that I like. And so my, my top list is kind of eclectic. I mean, I, I, what, so my top goes Anita Baker, Erica Badu's in there. Erica Badu, uh, Anita Baker, Michael Jackson's in there, and Frankie Beverly and Mace. Like that's yeah, that's yeah. my top list. And I don't do top five because right now I just have four. Like they right. they, have, they, have a, they they basically just have a ton of songs that I like, and that's why they're in my top. 
Now, you know, I don't, you're not supposed to go through life with regrets. You know, everything happens for a reason. But if I do have one regret, one thing that I ponder more than anything else is that I never saw my fem- my favorite female artist in person, and that's Tina Marie. Oh, okay. Just, it's just, yeah. her music just clicks with me. For yeah, I can, yeah like, me too. I me hear too. every note and every beat of her song, right? I, I love, like, the, the, the lyrics and the way she in the in the uh wove the lyrics into her stuff and so unfortunately she's no longer with us but you know hey but you know she put me in spirit because I know all her stuff she's yeah <laughs> and how many of her songs are I think all of them but uh, but tell me about the venue man I've never been to a concert in the venue uh, I've been to an overpriced restaurant or two over there okay but um, well, how do you like the venue over there it's nice it's good uh, to, to me there's not a bad I can't imagine a bad seat in the house um uh i didn't see any like really obstructed views uh plenty of space um you know it it, it was it was it was fun um the uh, the, the you know i'm kind of a a tech geek and so when i'm i'm up there i'm yeah. looking at the way that the stage is set i'm looking at you know uh, uh in-ear monitors for the musicians and background singers i'm looking at you know it can is the music director able to communicate to the band and background singers using a mic that's muted in the house but everyone else. so that yeah. kind of stuff i like to i like to like to peep out and they they they, they you know they, they had it all she complained a little bit towards the end about not being able to hear the mid the the, the mid uh frequencies on the keyboard which seemed minor to me but um and <laughs> worth not worth the amount of complaining she was doing about it but uh whatever yeah, that, uh, yeah, that bugs me that bugs me right i can't hear the meds and she's singing and, yeah it's like you can hear the highs and the lows you can't hear the, what's wrong with you right, right. <laughs> like maybe something's wrong with I your ears I, <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate when they when they show up the team like that. So there's a team effort to put a concert like that. Yeah, so and, something. And from the outside, yeah. everything sounded great, sounded perfect. We're like, I don't know what she's listening for. Like, if she were to say that, and I was running the sound, I wouldn't know what she wanted me to do. It's like it sounds. Uh, yeah, fine. no. Here's what you do because I've had experience like that. When they, when they do that, you touch the board like you're making an adjustment uh-huh. and give them the thumbs up. Like that better? Yeah, <laughs> and they say, yeah, it is. Got it. <laughs> yeah, it's better. It's better. Yeah. Like, oh, I got you. Got you. I got you back. Yeah, that's how you, you do go. that. All right, but that's some awesome stuff. Man. I'm gonna have to, if somebody comes out want to see. <laughs> I'm gonna check it out. I'm definitely gonna check it out. Absolutely. And so, with the holiday season right around the corner, I got plans with the wife to go see Leslie Odom Jr. at the Kennedy Center. He's going to do his uh, Christmas stuff, so I can't wait for that. And you've got a movie you're going right. to preview next week uh, when we come back. Oh yeah, yeah. We got, you got to stay tuned. You got to, especially all you Trekkies and geekies and and um, nerds and stuff out there. Next week, uh, I'm attending. You know, me being a famous, uh, world-renowned movie critic, uh-huh. I'm, att- I'm attending the. Um, the, the first screening in this area of the latest uh, Star Wars, the latest and the last, uh, for, apparently, uh, for, right. for this week, the last <laughs> of the Star Wars uh, saga, the, the Rise of Skywalker. Now, have you seen, all, have you seen all the Star Wars movies? Well, when you say all, <laughs> are you talking about from, like, Use the Force, Luke, from the very beginning? Yes. All the way through? Yes. I've seen, I've seen a bit of all of them. I've seen all of the first uh, generation, you know the, you know the, um, the Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back, the Return of the Jedi, mm-hmm. and the, the the next generation I've seen, I just did not enjoy them at all. The ones, okay. uh, uh, the ones where they explain the backstory and all that, the prequel, mm-hmm. I just, I just did not like those at all. And some of them I just couldn't watch the whole thing through. I don't even know what the order they were in. I know. Like the end of one, they put the thing on Darth Vader and say "ride," and you know, <laughs> you know, start breathing heavy, right? Right. I know that right. happens. I kind of, I kind of dug that, right? You know, but yeah, but the last generation, 
uh, The Force Awakens mm-hmm. and Rogue One. Rogue One was a great movie. <laughs> okay. I was really surprised. Really surprised. It was. It was just. It was. You know, because sometimes they can get all this stuff. Gets you know, planets far away and and talking robots and you know, singing worms and all this stuff. Right. <laughs> but it was. It was. It was a great movie. Now Rogue One. Well, you know, the whole concept of, of Star Wars, right? They had this big thing, the Death Star, and Luke Skywalker blew it up, and then uh-huh. they came back and he blew it up again and all that, right? Rogue One was the story of how they got the plan to, to you know, you remember Star Wars? I know, did you, do, you know, the... So, I hadn't seen, the, the, I hadn't seen all of them, but uh, I do, I but do. You saw, did you see the first one? Yes. You saw the first one, right? Yes. Yeah, the first one, you know, the robot had, had, um, had the little image, the the 3D image, the hologram of the princess mm-hmm. saying, come help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. Because they had stolen the plans for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the, the uh, Rogue One showed how they got the plans, how it got to the point where they knew how to blow up the Death Star and all that, right? And it was very good. The the, the two, the Force, um, um, the Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, the one um, with, and, you know, forgive me for not knowing all the... Um, all the characters, uh, the actors' names. I know they have the the black dude who's really a British actor who speaks with an American <laughs> accent in the movies. I don't know why they why can't he just speak with a British accent? I didn't. Everybody else does, right? <laughs> I, I, yeah, why he had to do all that? Anyway, uh-huh. uh, those two movies, I really liked those, and I was really impressed by Mark Hamill, who hadn't been in anything for like forty years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, he, he played a great role in um, the Last Jedi. So I'm very, very excited about this. That's going to be, we probably should arrange to do our show afterwards, right? Because, okay. you know, I used to do movies without you know, reviews without having seen the movie. It was the funniest, gonna... it was the funniest thing in the world. Kevin, and this was on yeah. Tony Kwan's show, right? That's right, that's right. With review, and, uh, with know, review movies that he has not that. seen. Yeah, yeah, and, and, um, and people on Twitter still hit me up about that. But this one I'm going to see. I hate to let you down. <laughs> I'm going to see that. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, which is something that we have to discuss, right? You know, this takes off. We might have to consider making the federal football report year-round just from the social aspect of what we bring to the people, right? Well, we bring so much socially uh, right. and everything. So, you know, that actually is a really good point. Why not? Why wouldn't we? Maybe we should, actually. Yeah. Yeah, and we know so much about all the sports that happen around here. We got connections with with the NBA, mm-hmm. with the NHL, with Major League Baseball. We, you know what? We really ought to, we ought to discuss this, man, because we we be doing the people a disservice by not bringing it to them, right? You know what? We'll make that decision, and we'll do it after the new year. We'll keep <laughs> things going after the Redskins season is over, through the playoffs of the That's NFL, right. and we'll just keep things going. March Madness, all that stuff. And as whatever, a matter of fact, right. whatever the people want, whatever the people want, the people. exactly, because there's a lot of people. people We want to give you exactly what you want. We're here to serve you and we'll serve you this week. We're going to serve you next week on the Federal Football Report.